Fishing with Mitch Peterson, Josh Sheldon, and Brad Qualley, leading you to the next level. Everybody, welcome back to All Eyes on Fishing. We got a different type of podcast tonight. Something we were ta- we've been talking about um, others that are out there in the field, right? Because we get a lot of our information reading articles, listening to other YouTube channels, and just different stuff, right? Because Guys, listen to us. We listen to others. We just like fishing. You know, yeah. Just like probably everybody out there, right? Yeah. Right. The more, the better. Yeah. Lots of opinions. Lots, Lots of, of opinions. opinions. So this is a blind reaction because we heard this. Randy, what's his name? Okay. So this is intuitive angling with Randy and Randy, forgive me if I have mispronounced your last name. Blaukett, B-L-A-U-K-A-T. He's on YouTube. He's got a ton of subscribers. He's a bass guy. Uh, he's got some pretty good opinions. Uh, some of it probably differ from ours, probably differ from yours, and you might see, think the same thing. Well, that's thing. what we hear because I haven't even listened to it. Yep. So we don't even yeah, know. I have, I so I've heard it, it and I, I heard it and saw it on a, yes. on something, and I brought it to your guys' attention. You I said, said, hey, yeah, let's, let's do a blind reaction yeah. to this. So, we're, so it's, it's pseudo-blind because me and Mitch haven't heard it, but Josh has, and he's listened to it one time, and he doesn't want to get he, – so he's like, I can't remember everything that he said because I listened to it one time. Yep. And he's talking about leaders. What? Well, here's the here's the title. Don't fall for the braid to fluorocarbon hype. So he does not think you need to tie your braid to a fluorocarbon leader. And this um, is in the bass world, and it, or in, in general, any world. In okay. General. Well, but, I, I don't but, want to spoil it because I don't want you to tell. But me. he's a he's a bass fisherman, and he's a, a bass guy, and so and he fishes big tournaments and stuff like that, according to what he says in the video. And uh, he just gives his opinion on why he just doesn't think it's necessary. So I think why we're going to do this is this is going to be a little different. Like I said. And, and email us at alleyesonfishing at gmail.com if you like this kind of format, because it was just something that Josh brought to us. We're like, man, we'll do a blind reaction. I'm, I don't care. Because anytime I'm listening to other podcasts or reading articles, I'm always like, that's a good idea. I'm like, that's BS. You know, yeah. so we, uh, we always have our own opinion just through what our own experiences. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do, and I think this is how you want to do it, Josh, is um, you're going to play a snippet from him. Like minute well, we'll or just two. Play it. We'll just play it when we hear something. So we're going to let you guys hear it. And when we come across something, if you want, you guys want to talk about it, we'll just chime up and say, okay, yeah, we'll just say, hey, stop talk. it right here. And then we'll talk about what he's saying. So yeah. with that, Randy, where's he from? Block it. it I, I don't know. I, it doesn't, it doesn't name say. of his yeah, no, channel. And, and Randy, well, thanks for angling on uh, YouTube. Randy, thanks for doing this YouTube video to give this for us. But th- this really is not a slam on him or his no. opinions or anything. You know, I don't know what the guy's going to say. No, Randy. But this is just kind of bringing the podcast to what everybody probably reacts to in their own head when they're watching stuff on YouTube yep. and listening to Joe oh, hey, and be- talk about fishing. Before we start, normally we have a next level. We won't take this to the next level because we've already done that. Yeah. I mean, we, we're, we, never done this so we don't know if we can do this for an hour with this but in the spirit of the next level we're always have a beer too (laughs) right so if you listen to us on the next level and if you haven't check it out (coughs) excuse me at aeof.supercast.tech where we go over a whole bunch of uh, just different topics way more in depth but with that we always do this (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So yeah. because we're not going to take this next level. Yeah. We gotta, usually, usually I get to get on that too, but I jump the gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I hand him his beer just the, the premature. Before we start, uh, he's like, he goes, man, so, I just so, so I, I got this. 
<laughs> so anyway, without further ado, let's get into this. Randy, you're up. Okay, let's get into this, guys. This is something that's been fairly recent. It's, it's something that's really sort of came into its own over the past 10 years or so. We're specifically not, not just spinning. I mean, people do it on baitcasters a lot, too. But primarily going uh, with a braided line, main line, attached to a fluorocarbon or monofilament leader. Mm-hmm. Um, that's It's sort of like it's it's been ingrained in the thought of a lot of bass anglers, especially the people just starting out, thinking they just this is just what they have to do because they see the pros doing it out there. Guys, I'm here to offer a counter to that because I do not agree that it's necessary whatsoever. Is that where we're stopped right there? Well, we're going to stop right there for just a second and, and kind of talk about, you know, uh, your, let's get our three opinions real quick. Do you do it? So he's saying, yeah, I do it. Okay. Do you? Do, well, I, I just I, say, I, we I just do say it. whether or not we do well, it. Well, we so I do there. it 90% yeah. of the time. Yeah. 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 Me too. I, and, I, and I do it not necessarily because I think the fish can see the line, but abrasion resistant, floral, much more abrasion, abrasion resistant. The braid? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And depends uh, on what bridge you're using, what pound, and all that. But yeah, I, I it's I don't do it for that. I do it. I do water, it. water clarity for me. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah and and I do it more for some of the other properties. I mean, you have a little bit of different doing, fall rate and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, I'm more bait, stuff like that. I'm more because of the refraction rate of a floral. But anyway, yeah. um, let's go. Let's keep so it. we got we got our first opinion. <laughs> we have no idea where he's going with it. So go ahead. Maybe. Technical difficulties. First of all, one of my beliefs in bass fishing is that the sort of one of my base foundational beliefs in fishing that I found to be true is that number one, you have to get the fish to bite before you worry about getting the fish in. If you don't get the fish to bite, <clears throat> you're never going to get it in. So, given that particular set of realities, my number one focus and anyone's number one main focus should be getting the fish to hit, getting that fish to actually bite your lure. And then you can worry about what happens after it bites your lure. Right off the bat, and there's nobody that can disagree with this, using braid to fluorocarbon setup is not going to get you any more bites. Not a zero. You're not going to get any benefit from Bullshit. Bull. Shit. <laughs> this is a family show. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, well, that's I, a that's a, that's a baby word. That's not. It's not like I said <laughs> that's stupid. Am up? No, I said bullshit because right when he said zero, he, when he talks about it, you got to get the fish to bite. Yes, a hundred percent. Right. But you also have to be able to present that bait for them to bite. Right. And if you're fishing like Europe in the Great Lakes or some of the Pueblo East Side, gin clear. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have the ability to have, let's say, a five foot fluorocarbon lead that's attached to your crankbait. Now, we're just talking crankbaits because he's talking hard baits, it sounds like, mm-hmm. that we're casting. If you are trying to be stealth, right, and, and have that fluorocarbon has a, a refraction rate like water. So it's mm-hmm. almost invisible. So you to stri- to get that bite, which he's agreeing that you that's the first thing. If they're spooked off by the line, you're not going to get that bite. If you can, if you can get that edge and not lose performance on your crankbait by having that ability for the fish not to see this line attached in gin clear water, I'm calling foul well, because that's zero. 
per, he said zero percent. Well, just zero. So he he'll go into it here a little bit on on his personal view, right? His personal experience of trying it both ways and not seeing any difference. Uh, and, and you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the color debate that we've talked about yeah. so many times, yes. right? It, this is the you know is the orange jig head better than the chartreuse jig head? Better than the black jig head or or the bait or whatever? Do they see the color or are they just going after the action or the sound or you know is it hit their lateral line and they're off and running? Very, it's interesting, right? So, all right, let's keep going here. As far as getting more bites, in fact, what it's going to do is probably going to cost you some bites because let's take, for example, right now, the big deal now is everybody's using the yellow main line attached to their fluorocarbon. Now, what happens if you're in a clear water environment? Say you make a long cast out there and say you've got a, a 15 foot leader, 10 or 15 feet leader, which is, you know, most people use about a five to 10 foot leader. So let's just say you got a 15 foot leader and you make a, you know, 50, 60, 70 foot cast with that. And you got, you're in a clear water environment. That yellow line going down into the water for 15 or 20 feet. If you don't think the bass can see that, you're in denial of reality. Bass can, bass can sense and they can locate a minnow swimming in pitch black darkness. And you don't think they can see a piece of yellow rope going down in the water, you know, close to where they're at. Now, here's the thing about that. It's like, is does that have any impact on the fish bite in that lure? I don't see how it cannot. I mean, a lot of people argue, it's like, oh, that doesn't matter. Well, I think it probably does. You know, it's just, to me, it's a negative strike deterrent. That's the number one thing behind it. Number two, the reason you don't want to use it is the fact that you've got two weak links. Um, you've got the braid to fluorocarbon knot that you have to tie, which is a pain in the butt. If you guys, I've, I, and guys, one thing you have to realize, I experimented with this for years. I'm not just talking about it without using it. I used braid, braid to fluorocarbon extensively for a couple of years. And after using it extensively, I came to the determination that the, the disadvantages of it outweigh the advantages. So I went back to straight fluorocarbon. But one of the things about it is the best knot for braid fluorocarbon is an FG knot, which is a pain in the butt to tie. And on top of that, try tying an FG knot if you're in 20 mile an hour winds and your boat's rocking and you're 50 years old and you have to use reading glasses to tie it. It's a pain in the butt. I agree with the 50 year old thing. Yeah. 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 Check, <laughs> check, check, check. Yes, it is tough. <laughs> but it, it, And I'll say this too, and we, we talked about it just before we started is, you know, I use a uni knot. Uh, I, I actually hadn't heard a whole lot about the FG knots. There's so many of them out there. But, um, of course, after I watched this, I looked up the FG knot and, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, any other one of these knots where you're twisting line around, twisting line around. And I'll tell you something I, I was told a long time ago by a, an old PWT pro. And, um, I remember overhearing this conversation and the conversation was, um, you know, one, Younger pro asking an older pro, and it might even be Seelhoff. Somebody was asking Ron Seelhoff, <clears throat> RIP, um, that he, you know, what, what do you, what's your, what's your favorite knot? And the answer he provided was the one that doesn't come, come out. Like he didn't care the name. He didn't care about how it was tied. It's the one that holds. Yeah. And I'm that way with the uni knot. I'm not tying anything that's going to go up through the, the eyelets usually. Um, I'm going to tie a short enough leader to where it's going to be up to the tip and stop. Like a three foot. Yeah. And um, so I don't need to worry about this super sleek knot that goes through all the eyelets and gets cast out every time in any of that. 
I'm, um, you know, I, I, the union knot has never let me down. It's never come undone. It's, um, I, I just, I don't know. I, like I said, and I, we, you like the Alberto. There's so many of them, but they're all, they're all the same type of just twist around, twist around, twist around, yeah. you know, and, um, Man. Well, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Uni Knot and the Alberto. I mean, either one of them, braid to mono, braid to floral, works great. Yeah. So I want to get to where, and I I get what this guy is talking about, but you know, and, and he says that he's done years of experience too, and I agree that the fish can. If I'm running a ten foot, five foot lead, I'm sure we fish predominantly for walleye, uh, but we do our share of smallmouth and, and largemouth fishing too, and all kinds of fishing. I'm sure they can probably pick that up. Yes, they can pick up a minnow if they want to chase it. But what we're doing is creating an atmosphere to where once that bait is in the water, they might see that line, but now they're focused on the bait because that's going to be the reaction. So we're trying to take away that line they might see, but now we're focused away from it. When you see these, we've done fish tank presentations and things inside um, when we would go out and do it at Bass Pro, like the big tanks. We've done presentations out there. And- Running spinners, the same argument could be made with running a big, uh, like, swivel, right? Or how about when we're bottom bouncing? That big bottom bouncer and I got a three-inch or a three-foot snell would be kind of spinner rig. Of course they can see that. They can see that, but what you're trying to do is get away from them focusing on that and seeing the actual presentation of that lure, of that Mm -hmm. spinner, whatever it is, and and to take it away from that. Right, and I think he's kind of talking about, too, I think he's talking about, I think he would just go to pure floral. Right, I don't. Yeah, I don't that, think that's would, that's what I. You know, I don't think. And, and yes, you know, he admits that. Sure, I mean, braid will cast a mile further than floral, but you know, is it that further cast or whatever? Is it worth the visibility piece? And he doesn't. You know, the mm-hmm. the knot, the weakness of the knot, and all that other stuff. So I want to before we put, put play. So I want to talk. We've caught thousands and thousands of fish, and how many times have you broke off at the knot on your? When you've tied it together with the uni, well, when it was mono, but know. no, we're talking floral to braid. Oh, I, I, I can think I of can think a of couple really. times, and it's usually when you're snagged up in some. Yeah, if I snag and I'm pulling, that's usually. But the when break you have, point. but so, it'll break one side of the knot or the other, not on the knot. Exactly. So, <clears throat> and usually that's because of the heat when you're tying the and not keeping it wet. When you're putting it together, you sure. get a little bit of heat friction, but that's a whole nother story. But if you do it right, I've caught hundreds of fish on the same knot with floral on braid on a super line and never had that be an issue. Um, What becomes an issue is usually when you have nicks in a line and stuff, it's not at the knot, right? right? I mean, can we all agree on that? So I'm not worried about the knot. If he's worried about the knot, when he talks about two break points, well, yeah, you have it where you tie it onto the crank or your speed clip or direct tie. And then also at, at the junction of the the braid, right, the, the super line, or and super, to the yeah, to the floral, <clears throat> I haven't experienced that. I don't have a problem with that because what is the key to landing big fish? Your drag, if you have a good drag system, right? right. Seriously, right, right. That's well, what it is. I think also too, bass world's a little different. I mean, they they horse they, them out. Yeah, they're in some thick cover. They. They tend to really kind of that. Stick that's to that. I, I agree with you too, Josh. But listen, how how much how many times have we been fishing and caught? We're targeting five to ten pound walleye in heavy, heavy oh, yeah, brush. Yeah, to, yeah. And, oh, I agree. And, and running super line with a five foot floral. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And have we had a break? Uh, my my head. No. no. 
Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's because it's still the drag. You have to horse them out. You have to horse them out, but you also have to know the limitations of your line, right? right. No, you're clear. so I don't I don't the knot breaking. If you tie your knots right, I've never had them. I mean, I've had them come undone, right? Yep. We all have, yep. you, but it was it's operator. That's, error. that's on me. Yep, operator error. It's not because if I tie it right, I haven't had the knot. Right. Done. I haven't had that issue. Yeah, and thousands of fish. All right, ready? Yes, this is kind of fun. It's different. It's different. And then you got to worry about tying your main line. What happens in this scenario is since it's such a pain in the butt to tie two different knots, a lot of times people don't retie their leader material enough. So it gets frayed. If you're fishing a shaky head or a Ned rig or something like that, dragging a bait along the bottom, you're going to get line frays pretty common. It's common for me. Sometimes I'll retie 30, 40 times a day with six and eight pound test line. Never. Are you going to tell me you're going to retie 30 or 40 times? I think that's an exaggeration. You know, 30 times. And your main 40. Line, it's not going to happen. So right off the bat, it discourages you from retying as much. Second from that, the, the braid to fluorocarbon knot, I don't care what anybody says, it can fail. Three years or four years ago, I would have won the U.S. Open at Lake Mead had had my partner's braid to fluorocarbon knot not failed twice in one day. He was an excellent angler. He knew how to tie knots very well, knew how to tie the FG knot. He broke off two big fish at the braid to fluorocarbon knot, cost me winning the U.S. Open that year. So it does happen with that. So from that standpoint, it's just inefficient uh, as far as terms of retying. Uh, the other thing about... Oh, it looks like it went into commercial. Yeah, commercial. We get past that. <laughs> but it's funny because that's what we just talked about. I right. mean, we fish uh, how much two, three foot of water in brush, in milfoil, and everything. Yeah. And you're right. You're right. You do get frayed. But I, 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 I'm calling foul forty times. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I mean, we've uh, I fish some really bad cover. I mean, just where the and uh, with swim baits and and cranks and you know, and and not had to do that. I mean, I've done it a few times yeah. for sure, you know, four or five times a day. I was going to say less than 10. Oh, absolutely less mm-hmm. than 10. 40, 30, 40 times. That's, uh, I mean, you spend your whole day time. Well, and the <laughs> thing is, is if you're, so this guy sounds like he's, is an avid tournament angler fishing, yeah. you know, those tournament series. Won the U.S. Open. Yeah. I mean, that's a fish story because everybody, we would have won a lot more tournaments if we just would have, <laughs> you know what I mean? So whatever, but, but I get well, Brad's it. Brad's pretty critical tonight. This he is, He's a little, sorry, sorry, Randy. No, <laughs> I like this Randy guy because it's good. It gets good topics, but now that's what I thought. You ready? No, we got a few I had something. Well, I can't can remember. Think about it while we're going. All right, go. Is I think it makes you too sensitive. There's, it, it creates too much sensitivity. And in my opinion, you don't ever want to get in a hurry to set the hook. I mean, I if, if you get a good fish to hit, now there are exceptions. I've seen videos where you've had seen a five or six pound bass inhale a crankbait and spit it out. But most of the time, if you're fishing, uh, you know, any type of slow lure, which is usually associated with braid of fluorocarbon, um, you know, I don't want to set the hook immediately. I want to be able to let that fish move a little bit with it. So I don't need that sensitivity that the braid offers. Another thing with it is I want some stretch in my line. If you go to braid to fluorocarbon, you've reduced your stretch by 50% by over just using straight fluorocarbon line. And a lot of times I see guys trying to 
fish jerk baits and crank baits and everything with the braid to fluorocarbon. And I'll get some guys once in a while, they'll, they'll show up to some of my on the water lessons with braid to fluorocarbon on their spinning outfit. And we're going to be jerk bait fishing. And I'll just tell them right off the bat. I said, dude, you're wasting your time. I said, you're not going to catch crap on a braid to fluorocarbon with the jerk bait. And it- now I, I am going to jump in on this one. When I first watched this, that's the one part that stuck with me. It was, uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure exactly where he comes up with that, but I can tell you right now, I've caught a lot of fish on jerk baits with braided fluorocarbon. A lot. I mean, that's actually I how I prefer it. And, um, lots of big walleyes, lots of big smallmouth, largemouth. Um, that the braid to fluorocarbon is a very uh, effective way to fish jerk baits. So, I, you know, I have not noticed, um, especially with the jerk bait, you know, those fish just destroy it. Yeah. They just destroyed. I have not noticed having braid and it being sensitive and less stretch had any effect on me losing fish. I, I braid. do agree with him that having that fluorocarbon leader, or uh, if he's just going to run straight floor, you're going to have a little more stretch. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I do like the sensitivity and the way I overcome that. And it's just through angling enough that when we're just casting uh, mostly braid with a, with a fluorocarbon leader, that. You know, we run a lot of casting. We run a lot of, a lot of fast tips. You know, I was just going to say, your fishing rod can can kind of help some of this. I think so. That's just it. The so stiffer bass rods maybe do jerk baits out, yeah. you know, pull baits out of yeah. mouths and stuff. But but so when you're running a fast, tip, so even if we're just going straight braid or braid with a small leader, so you're not getting much stretch. When you're cast, you know that as the angler, when you're doing your hook set, it's not like swinging it to the fences nope. you do a you do a good hook set but you're not killing it well, that's where you end up jerking it out of their mouth is when you overset the hook oh yeah well, a lot of times they they set the hook on themselves on jerk baits man i they mean they, they just just destroy it i mean your your reaction is to to do that set but the fight's on by the time you're you're swooping up that set yeah the so. the days of lowering your rod tip and swinging it back to twelve o'clock as hard as you can. That's with the yeah. lines that we have. That's well, old mono days. Right? Yeah, the, the the camera boats aren't always around you. Yeah. you, know, yeah. you, you don't need off. to do that. <laughs> right. You do not need to do that for your hook sets. So we only have a short. If you do, you're going to lose most of the fish you catch on it. So we'll usually take it off and put straight fluorocarbon onto the boat with him. So it's going to cause you to set the hook too quick with that. So from that standpoint, guys, um, don't get sucked into thinking you need to use braid to fluorocarbon because you don't. And then there's guys going to say, Randy, you're full of crap because look at all those Elite Series guys that such and such, he caught 100 pounds of smallmouth at the St. Lawrence River using braid to fluorocarbon. That didn't get him any more bites by doing that, and he probably would have caught 105 pounds if he was using straight fluorocarbon. He'd probably got some more of those big old smallmouth to bite that didn't get spooked off on the line. That is my theory behind it. Braid to fluorocarbon, guys, zero benefit to getting you more fish to get to bite your lure. Zero to benefit. And you simply don't need it. I think there's more. There's- so he, he is advocating straight fluorocarbon. Straight and fluoro is so hard to manage. It's well, such a, there, there, a there tough is. line to. There is, but there's there's benefits to it. But it, the thing is, is the memory and it, it just jumps off so much. So you got to be careful. No, I agree. If you can manage, if you're good enough, whatever you're, if you're at a bait cast or spin cast, whatever it is, and you can manage that fluorocarbon 
Of course. Yeah. Because you have no, I, I mean, there's no visibility to the fish. It's just a lure. Sure. Whatever. Sure. But it comes with the risk of having that. There's issues with the memory. There's issues with fluoro. Now, there's plenty of guys that are out there Don't that ever fish. ever put it on a spinning reel. Well, there's plenty of guys that just fish fluoro. And God bless them, right? But, and we've done it. We've we spooled up and we've had, you have to be really mindful of, of that line right. while you're fishing it. But you're getting a great presentation, right? And you do have a little bit of that stretch with the sensitivity. It's awesome. But you also run the risk of having issues with that line jumping off, birds nesting, oh, whatever it is. It's, it's, the wind and it's the wind. It can be a problem. Not saying you can't do it. And it's just one of those things. When you when you get a little more advanced, you can do that. You, when you practice it, it's just like anything when you get good at it. Yes. Yeah, so I'm an advocate. If you can manage fluorocarbon, straight fluorocarbon, do it. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot easier for the average fisherman to run to me personally mm-hmm. to run that braid to get the sensitivity to not get that backlash not get the bird's nest yep. and then to run a longer snell even if it's okay let's say this uh even if you want to run a 50 foot snell right of all fl- of all floral most of your casts are about 70 75 so you barely have any of that line but you're not getting the problems that could be not associated real, right? with extra right. floral uh i love running all floral we've done it it's a, it can be a problem. What do you run all floral on though? I can't. I do you put it on a spinning we, rod? We did it, it on spinning rods. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it just like a slinky. Yeah, Boing. it you does. Just, you just no, got to no, be no. very mindful of it, yeah. dude. And it's 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 it can be tough. You almost have to underspool a little bit to be able to control it. You know how you normally fill up a uh, a, a spinning I, reel all the I way up to like a sixteenth of an inch. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to take that down to an eighth just to get a little more friction on it when you're casting to give a little it, edge. A little bit of edge. Uh, man, I tried it once. I tried it once, and halfway through the day, put that rod down, didn't touch it the rest of the day. So the, I remember what I was going to say with this guy, and I'm going to just touch back well, on we're, this. We're, I mean, the, we get the gist of this, right? Yes, yeah, we get the gist. We're at our time limit. No, and, and so. I, I, I would say Randy's spot on. You got to get them to bite first, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's worry about things in the order that you need to worry about them. Um, but I've caught so many fish with my leader my fluorocarbon leader with my, you know, fire line, whatever we're using braid. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to spool up just because I heard this podcast and give it another whirl, you know, right. to go from a hundred to 105. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and you know what? He, he may have some, he, he does have some great points. He does. No. Um, and I get it. I get what he's yep. saying. I'm just saying for the guy that's going to go out there and fish, I think it's a, it's a bigger, it's a bigger risk than reward. I do yeah. personally. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one thing I wanted to get back, cause I remember what I was going to say. So, when we're because he's an avid tournament fisherman, we are too. We fished hundreds of tournaments. What do we do when we're going to go out and we know it's going to be a cast and bite? We don't just reel. We just don't rig up one rod. Right. We're rigging up a dozen each or oh, ten yeah. each. We yeah. have twenty rods. So because we know if we have any issues, different baits, we don't want to take the time to retie. Then we want to be able to just grab and go. Right. So that's part of it too. If you are in that series to where you're fishing big tournaments like right. that, he. I can't believe that he retied because he's probably like we run 20, usually about 22 to 30 rods in our boat. When we're in a tournament, Mm -hmm. you're the same. Mm -hmm. You have that many rods in your boat because you don't have time to fix issues. You don't have time to switch baits. You're switching baits when you're on a run from another where another area you are constantly casting. So for him to sit there and tie 40 times, if you just had 20 rods, which is not even that much when you're avidly mm-hmm. fishing a tournament circuit for big dollars, right. 
you have 20 of them spooled up. You've just cut that. So now that 100 fish day, if he would have had those spooled up, not taking time, return them, retie them, he maybe caught 120. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? How about that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he could have. He, he, he makes the argument for the, um, uh, you know, which Kevin Van Dam does the same thing for the all floral. Yes. And look, I mean, if that's, if you can manage it and that's what you can do, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't believe it's easier on a bait caster. I, it is. It's much easier. I, on a bait I caster. think that really is the bottom line separator. Yes. It's, you know, we're, Spin guys, you know, yeah, we have some bait casters and, predominantly, predominantly yeah, spinning yeah, rails. You yeah. get in the bass world, you know, they've all got bait casters, and then fluorocarbon you can deal with, right? You yes. know, quite a bit better. But like you said, Brad, and I think that's, you know, can they see that yellow rope, right? That yellow rope coming down. Well, they can definitely see that bottom bouncer ahead of it, and you want them to, re- to get that reaction to the the spinner, you know, when you're doing a spinner rig or something. Um, I think they can see a lot of it, and they'll still come hit it anyways. I don't. Uh, yes, it may spook some off, but I think a lot of times it, it won't. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. Um, no, because what you've taken away when you have that leader of floral is now that's 20 feet or that's 15 feet away from my crank or eight feet right. away. They're focused. Now you got their attention away from that line right. to that bait. If it's a direct tie, which we direct tie, we direct tie plenty in, in, in with braid, braid stuff. Yeah. with Jigging, braid jig, jigs and over fishing stained water heavy cover where we have a lot of braid yeah. problem or a lot of uh not braid but a lot of like timber and yeah. stuff where we're gonna have to rip it through and you get all the nicks and stuff on your line yeah of course we're going to do that but it's interesting i'm glad we listened to this because he does have some good points oh, oh yeah. i agree with some of it mm-hmm. but i think really what it comes down to is the bass world probably predominantly fishes with bait casters no. yeah. to try it on a spinning reel yes we can do it i know like giordano that's what he runs on his and he can do it fine you you back load it a little bit you don't have as no. as far of a load that helps because mm-hmm. i experiment experimented with it and it's fine but it comes down to pre- personal preference i don't want guys to listen to this and just think that no i have to just run straight floor because if you're doing that on a spinning reel you're gonna have a you could have issues. You you can get through it, right? You just need to practice with it. I'd just rather tie that nice little knot put on the leader. <laughs> well, you know, I, I picture fishing kind of like one of those Chinese calculator things. I don't know what they're called. Abacus. But, you know, yeah, an abacus. Yes, thank you. But, you know, Check it, out the it's big kinda, brain on yeah, Brad, huh? Yeah. Well, I knew what it was, but I didn't know the name of it. <laughs> How do you spell that? Min- Minnesota well, public school real, real quick, real quick. It's kind of like, you know, it's almost like a Rubik's cube too. You know, you, you got to dial it in all mm-hmm. the different factors when we're talking fishing, you know, the time of year, sun, the weather, all that stuff and information like what we all see on YouTube and podcasts, like what we share to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just another factor to plug in yeah. into your decision-making and what you want to do. So <clears throat> I, I, I love it. I love listening to everybody and their different opinions. Yeah, it was different. It was good for us to have that. Um, yeah. I think we can find some common ground. I think that maybe in our world, it's a little bit different, but it gets guys, it gets us to have that conversation and sure. for people to have, make their own decisions on it. So yep. good yep. stuff. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Good times. Different. When he said, we're doing this, I'm like, whatever. That was kind of fun. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Yeah. So, hey, anybody that uh, likes this podcast and wants to take it over to the next level, aeof.supercast.tech. We have several episodes that go into depth about different presentations, sure. just different things that we do. Uh, check that out. But from all of us at All Eyes on Fishing, Thanks. Have a good night. This has been All Eyes on Fishing. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to The Next Level. And you can hear longer podcasts and more information on all of your favorite topics. And check us out at alleyesonfishing.com for apparel, 
blogs, and other information. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All eyes on fishing, leading you to the next level.